why yes, Iowans do want health care. What a week. My name is Matt Sinovic. I'm the Executive Director of Progress Iowa. And I'm Ivy Becknell, Communications Director of Progress Iowa. Welcome to What A Week, where we give you hot takes about the week's news and shout outs for people doing good in the world. This week, we talked to Ben Jealous uh, for the interview. He's the president of People for the American Way, and he and his organization have been calling Senator Ernst out about her disastrous record. Um, but it's uh, with a little twist. Um, it's not just healthcare, climate change, um, um, gun safety would be more typical things you might hear of. It's about the courts. So we're going to talk to him about um, Senator Ernst's disastrous record on judicial nominees and its impact on our health care. Um, but first, we start with what made headlines this past week. The first headline we want to talk about is Governor Reynolds' abject failure on COVID. She is once again dead last in the United States among governors for her job approval rating um, in handling the pandemic. Um, I this is like this is like news that you it's like least surprising news to me. Um, I don't know what you thought when you saw this headline, Ivy, but like, but I'm just like, yeah, you know, we were the worst state in the country, or one of the worst, consistently now for the last month or so um, or more. Um, she's forcing kids to go back into school in unsafe conditions, which we all want them back in everybody back in school and back at work, but it needs to be safe. So, no, I'm not surprised by this. Were you? Uh, no, I'm not surprised. I guess that it went down. It went down a few percent than before, even. But it's so maybe just that was surprising. But like, yeah, it's even worse than even than worse. Before, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just weird to me that even after last time she got the worst approval rating and then she hasn't changed her approach to anything really still the same stuff that we'll hear in the later headlines as well and even on twitter like you'll see like um different organizations saying she's has a great approval rating on this though like trying to combat this <laughs> but it's like this is so important this is covid yeah so we'll just see how that all goes i mean this is job one right now like this is it like yeah. i mean the economy is dependent on this. Our schools are dependent on this. Like she's got to get this right, and she's not. Yeah. Speaking of that, clearly putting, yeah. <laughs> um, so some news again. Uh, so just three weeks after closing bars in six counties, Kim Reynolds is opening reopening bars in four of those counties, leaving many to wonder if closing bars helps stop the spread. Then why reopen right away? Not sure why. I know she's saying that we have to balance things, but I don't really understand what could be more important than saving lives. What yeah. about you, Matt? Well, I mean, I think it's just they, it, they've made their decision. They, they care more about a few businesses being able to make a few extra bucks. And I think more importantly, not having to pay unemployment insurance uh, or, or pay out unemployment for people who aren't coming in um, or paying for sick days, et cetera. So like there's a whole host of like, of things that impact a business's bottom line if they have to stay closed. Um, if they choose to stay closed on their own, then I don't, I think that, that, I, I think that puts them in a different category, but like, um, but, but I think so just to save, to, to make a few extra bucks, we're just marching, trying, you know, opening it up and saying, feel safe, go. 
If you don't, don't. But if you do go, you're putting your life at risk. And that's the decision. They, that's the choice that they have made. And that's the priority that they have picked, um, that the governor's picked and her administration has picked. So I think that's just the bottom line of what's what's going on here. Yeah. And I mean, even this rhetoric of like, if you choose to go, then okay, then you might get sick. But it's not even just about the people going. It's about the people in the community, the the nursing homes that are getting sick because of these decisions. And I mean, I do think that having businesses open, like is great for the economy and all that. But it's we should be doing it safely. And I don't think that has worked before when she's tried to have them open safely. It just hasn't worked. So something just has to change. Yeah. Um, and um, it, the next headline that we've got here is about Ashley Henson, state rep who's running for Congress um, in Northeast Iowa. Um, and <laughs> I don't. This is this is our tagline with the with with the beginning of the episode. But apparently, she said that Iowans may not even want health care or health insurance. Um, she was asked on Iowa Public Radio. Um, if she believes that access to affordable health care and guaranteed health coverage should be considered a right of every American. You know, I guess Ivy, I'll, I'll, to me, the answer is yes. That, um, but, and then there's a million different ways to get there. You know what I mean? Like, even on the, even on the conservative or Republican side, you could say, like, it should be a private solution. It should be, a, you know, but everyone should have, you know, da 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 Like, right? I mean... I, I like it just is mind boggling to me that her answer was this quote, I don't think every American wants health insurance. And I don't think that's something the government has to provide to every American. And we know that that last part there is what the kind of the standard Republican response is that the government doesn't have to provide insurance for everybody or coverage for everybody. Okay. I mean, I disagree with that, that, that we should do that, but every American doesn't want health insurance? Yes, we do. We, I mean, um, she also said that access to care is important, but insurance is a different thing. But in our country right now, that's how you get health care without going broke. That's how you go to the doctor and only pay a copay. That's how you, um, or, or, or hopefully it's covered. Um, depending on your coverage. And not all insurance is equal. Not all of it's not all of it's great, not all of it's the best, but that's what we've got. So, yes, people want want to be able to get taken care of when they're sick, um, especially in a pandemic, but really all the time. So, it, I don't get with the disconnect here. Um, so I kind of just went on a like a little rant there, but I don't know if what 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 you thought when you heard this, but it just was like unbelievably out of touch to me. I think it really comes from a place of privilege to think that not every American wants health insurance. I mean, there are so many people who don't go to the doctor just because they don't have health insurance. I think that's a big disconnect that uh, certain communities, like, they don't go to doctors, they can't afford it. Like, I know that even with COVID, I've had friends who wanted to get tested, but they weren't sure if they should because they didn't have health insurance, they weren't sure what the procedures were. So, I mean... I think it's just ignorant to just say things like that without really having the stuff to back it up. Yeah, and there's there's all those barriers that people don't, if you don't know what you have, even if you have coverage, if you're not sure what you have, then you like would hesitate to go in because you don't know how much it's going to cost. So like it's, it's, it's scary for people that, you know, if they're not, 
So then, then they, then you wait until you're super sick and need like critical care and it's ridiculously expensive. So, um, I, I, this is something that I hope is, is played a lot and focused on a lot because there is like a, there's a huge, huge difference here between what representative Henson is saying and what people actually believe and what actually, and what people actually care about. Exactly. Um, our next headline is the fact that Reynolds used CARES Act funds to pay the salaries of her staff. Uh, this has frustrated many people as these funds were intended for expenses caused by COVID or that have increased by COVID and so on, not for funds that were appropriated previously. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Matt? I mean, I think this is a this is just kind of a slap in the face to any business that didn't get didn't get uh, money from the CARES Act. Um, it's a slap in the face to everyone who, you know, anyone who's out of work that are being, um, you know, uh, that's out of work because of the pandemic, um, and they're being demonized because they need what three an extra three hundred six hundred bucks a week that probably won't even cover their costs. And meanwhile, the governor is, you know, ripping us off and paying her staff salaries with this money. I mean, I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it's atrocious. I think she, I think she should figure out a way to get that, to get that money, whether it's from her campaign account or somewhere to help, to help some small businesses, to help some people who, who, who really need it. That's what I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the state, even with the story today that, um, or yesterday that like nursing homes, they won't be able to um, do the regular testing. It's like maybe CARES Act funds could have helped pay for that. Like, right. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's, that's one of the headlines we didn't even get to. Um, but, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, they're, they're not, yeah. They're, they're not testing in like the worst of the worst hot spots. Um, um, so uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, they're thinking just sticking their hand out and and wanting and using money for whatever they can grab whatever they can get it for so um it's 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 just it's just it's just not right up next are hot takes on um kind of hot items this week uh the first up governor reynolds has repeatedly refused to put in a mask mandate and this week she called it a quote feel good action i mean yeah, it feels good to not have COVID. It feels good to not get, you know, contract the coronavirus um, and COVID-19 and put your life at risk. Um, so I want to feel good. Um, I think most Iowans want to feel good. So let's just do it. Let's just have this feel good mask mandate and, and try and make sure that everybody doesn't get sick. I think you put it perfectly, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our next hot take is Joni Ernst. She recently wrote an opinion piece titled Injustice Will Never Be Solved by Anarchy. She is just obsessed with this protesting being anarchy narrative. She clearly is not paying attention to the demands that they are making in the protests. Um, I just think that she should focus on her constituents and things that she might know about, not things that she's completely ignorant on. Couldn't agree more. Next, we have our interview with Ben Jealous, president of People for the American Way, where we talk about Senator Ernst's record on her judicial nominee picks. Um, These have definitely impacted Iowans' health care, and we're going to see his opinion on that as well. 
thrilled now to be joined by uh, Ben Jealous, the president of People for the American Way. Um, they're a great partner with Progress Iowa. We, we work together frequently, but uh, uh, most recently we've been um, talking about Senator Ernst and her just terrible record on judicial nominations. So Ben, thank you so much for, for being with us on What a Week. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Um, so I know we know we've we've seen the the ad that you're running, and uh, um, obviously we we we, we participated in this uh, joint press conference earlier this week to highlight Senator Ernst's record. But something I noted on I, I was mentioned on that call um, that event was just that it's striking to us that that most of the time those of us on the left anyway don't make courts a big issue. Um, yeah. And in a in a political context or in the context of a race, so and clearly you are, and I'm we're thrilled about it, and because it needs to happen more. But if there's just you know, if you could just kind of lay out the strategy behind that, and then if there's just one thing that you're something you know that you really want people to know in, about the courts for this fall uh, in Iowa or across the country, um, what would that what would that be? The most important thing to understand right now is that the future of healthcare in our country is dependent on us having good judges. People don't really make that connection. They um, maybe they think that the courts are important to abortion rights or voting rights or just fairness for workers. It's true; all those things are true as well. But Donald Trump, for reasons that defy logical explanation, is hell bent on destroying Obamacare. And he has appointed now about 206 judges whose mission is to destroy the Affordable Health Care Act in the midst of a pandemic. And that's what makes Jody Ernst's decision to rubber stamp these judges so disturbing. And she's literally speaking of both sides of her mouth. She says that she's uh, you know, believes that people with pre-existing conditions should be covered. She's doing nothing to ensure that that remains the case, and she's doing everything she can to get every Trump nominee through, and their mission is to destroy the Affordable Care, the Affordable Health Care Act. And, I mean, you, I know we, we had some good information about some of these nominees. Is there like a poster child for, um, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, whether it's Engelhart, Riedler, um, I always screw up his name at Katsas, you know, is there like a one nominee in particular that you're like, oh yeah, this is the, oh, it's one. all of them. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to the affordable care act, yeah. If you forgot speaking earlier, if it comes to the affordable care act, I mean, they all like two or one are dangerous. And, and that's what like, we as Americans have to understand that, you know, we have these special interests who are, teaming up with the president to ram through nominees whose job it is to, frankly, protect the ability of special interests like drug companies and insurance companies to make money hand over fist uh, while Americans are bankrupted and die. I mean, right now uh, in our country, if you get cancer, there's a six in 10 chance you're, you're going to go bankrupt. And it's 100% because of this for-profit healthcare system, the way it's constructed. And it's not, we don't need to do anything, you know, 
that radical. Uh, what we do need to do is to protect the Affordable Care Act. We need to make sure that we can buy our pharmaceuticals in bulk and get the best rate for folks. You know, and we need to make sure uh, that uh, ultimately health care is protected as a right in this country. And these nominees that Ernst keeps rubber stamping uh, are dead set against all of that. And going in uh, more on the special interest part of that, what do you think Iowans should know about the impact Ernst's relationship with these special interests has had on their health care? Folks in Iowa should know that Joni Ernst works for the drug companies. She works for the insurance companies. She does not work for them when it comes to health care. And you see it most starkly. I mean, if you get into her politics, you know, you can look at the bills that she talks about versus the ones that she votes for. And it's pretty it's pretty obvious. Uh, but when you look at her judicial nominees, it's 100 percent obvious. If she had actually had a concern about protecting the health care of Iowans, she would not have ru- rubber stamped these judges. But that's exactly what she did. I mean, the the way this is playing out and, and I don't know if you um, how much you want to get into the, the totally the weeds on this, but um, they've just. Did it seem like they've just failed on on passing the repeal um, in in con? I mean, they obviously failed on passing a full repeal in Congress, but like they're just trying to do this any way possible. Um, um, I mean, like kind of getting around the maybe the and I'm, maybe this was always their plan um, to do this from as many angles as they could, um, but just seems like they just since they couldn't get the their job. I mean, not. The, since they couldn't get it done in a more legitimate way, they're trying to upend it in the courts. No, that's exactly right. You know, the courts um, have all always been the all the ultimate arbiter when it comes to the, the protection of our rights or the the destruction of them. And the courts historically, while we as liberals, as progressives, folks from the center to the far left. Um, like to romanticize the Warren Court of the 1950s and 60s and even early 70s that gave us Brown versus Board and so many other great judgments, they are an aberration when compared to the uh, historical role of the court in the United States. In the United States, historically, the courts have been very conservative and have really slowed down progress have held us back, have represented a different era. We're racing towards a moment in this country where the majority of people, uh, overwhelmingly, and in most states, the majority will be supporters of progressive change. And so you have special interests from the Koch brothers to the drug companies and the insurance companies who are deeply invested in pushing through as many judges who would uh, destroy our health care, for example, and protect the rights of companies to, to destroy the environment as possible as their failsafe to make sure uh, that things don't change in the way that they should. And when two-thirds of Americans who get cancer, between 60% and 66%, goes back and forth, who get cancer get bankrupted, um, you know, we've got to change some things. And the last thing that we need to do is to destroy the progress that President Obama and then Vice President Biden made when they pushed through the Affordable Care Act. And yet, Joni Ernst has sent 206 judges 
to our, um, you know, to the federal bench to do just that. With all these attacks from special interests and legislators like Joni Ernst uh, through the judicial process and just throughout, what do you think Iowans can do to combat these attacks on their health care? The number one thing they can do is vote Joni Ernst out of office. This is election season. Our senators are the ones who confirm the judges. The fact that Iowa uh, for these several years has had a, a senator, the last five, six years, has had a senator who rubber stamps the most conservative judicial appointees, even the ones who are there uh, to destroy the Affordable Care Act, um, has got to change. If they want, if they want to stop stressing about health care, stop worrying that that they're going to lose their protections, you know, look, uh, there are forty thousand Iowans who newly have a pre-existing condition. They didn't have one before, but they, but they got COVID, they survived it, and now they do. And if Joni Ernst's judges has have their way with the ACA, um, then uh, those folks will lose health care because of her. And so you literally got to vote like your life depends on it, your family's life depends on it, and get rid of this senator, if only because she is a threat to our health care. I mean, it's, it's, it is, and, and I just keep, you know, we, we keep coming back to this connection where like, or this, this, um, Point with the courts where people don't i think you're right exactly right that people don't make that um uh that connection between what a judge decides or the or the court decides and their everyday life but it is so um it is so real um and um or so um the the, the decisions are so impactful um what i mean uh i'll leave you leave us with this like what's What's next, and what what can we do? What can um, uh, uh, or excuse me? What's next for like for uh, people for like what what's your uh, there's it's Friday um, and we're recording this on on Friday September eighteenth. So I think there's forty six days left until election day. But you're right, this is election season. People are voting now, and we'll start voting. Or in Iowa, we'll start voting soon. Um, so what's uh, what's next for for uh, people for the American way, as far as this goes. You know, we are con- continuing to run ads targeting hundreds of thousands of Iowa voters, make sure that they understand Joni Ernst has been a rubber stamp in- when it comes to Trump nominating judges to uh, destroy the Affordable Care Act. We are urging every American to sign up who possibly can to sign up to be a poll worker, to be a poll monitor, to make sure that uh, your neighbors are able to exercise their right to vote. We're asking every every American who has a health concern to make sure that they're ready to vote by mail. Um, and we're asking everybody to, to go to pfaw.org uh, or go to Progress Iowa, either way, but sign up with somebody and volunteer to help push out voters to the polls. This is a time, quite frankly, when millions upon millions will be voting by mail for the first time. And that means that it's confusing for folks. Um, you know, it is a time when people have all sorts of health concerns. People are just going to need a little extra guidance this year to make sure that they turn out to vote. And so the best thing we can do is to volunteer, volunteer with a group like Progress Iowa, volunteer with a group like People for the American Way, PFAW.org, um, volunteer with your local county as, as a poll worker. However you do it, we all need to be engaged.
Well, that's great. We will definitely share all of those links um, in the um, uh, online for this episode um, and um, and encourage people to sign up for both of our organizations and and everybody any anywhere just do something uh, to to help uh, get folks out to to, to vote um, and to get more more and better information about the courts and how how it uh, makes a difference in our lives. So, uh, Ben, thank you again so much for for joining us today. Um, we appreciate it. Appreciate every bit of work that you're doing, and uh, look forward to continuing our our partnership together. Finally, this week, we turn to shout outs where we give a shout out um, to uh, and lift up the great work that's happening all over the state. So if you've got them, please send recommendations on Twitter to at Progress Iowa or at Potluck FM. Um, this week, we wanted to, to lift up some of the groups who are providing the information and some of the actions that people can take following these just awful news that forced hysterectomies are, have been occurring at an ICE facility in Georgia. So follow Project South, um, the Georgia Detention Watch, the Georgia Latino Alliance for Human Rights. Um, we'll link to all of those. Um, and just really quickly, Ivy, like, I mean, I, I, I know we've both have been talking about this this week. It's just, it's just tragic and, and disgusting what is happening down here. I want to make sure... Um, and ask you what your what your thoughts were about it. I mean, yes, it's just so horrible. It's really a way to try to limit like the immigrant pro- population in the United States. This has been happening. I mean, even since the seventies, um, especially in California. But to see that it's still going on, especially in like ICE facilities, it's just horrible. So hopefully something happens from this that uh, moves this in a positive direction but it's just really unfortunate yeah so follow these it is follow these groups they're doing great work calling attention to this we'll keep sharing information from them so that people can see that too what a week is produced by progress iowa as part of the potluck media network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you we are mixed and edited by greg howenstein for more information visit potluck.fm Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week.